thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, today we are going to be talking about how to really brag on your resume and get it to stand out above all of the others. We're also going to cover why I ate Chinese food and maybe you want to as well. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the entire episode with an offer to be on the podcast at the end. One of the easiest things you can do when you're trying to get into a tech career is to go out there and find certifications and courses and try to find a mentor or someone you know already in the industry and all of these things you try to do up front, they sort of go away and when you realize that it's going to take a long time for you to switch careers. And that's just the start of it. So we have this idea that switching a career means just getting the the um the courses or the knowledge, I think it would be knowledge that we need to switch and then we think that other people will see our knowledge and give us what we would want, which is to switch into a tech career. Now, the trouble with that is that nobody can see inside our brains. Nobody can tell that we have knowledge. The only way they can tell is if they get us into an interview, ask us questions, and then if it's a non-proctored interview, they have to trust that we're not looking at a cheat sheet or a post-it note um or uh, or surfing the internet to get problems so then in the interviews you know you have technical interviews where you're doing a whiteboard in front of them diagramming things or coding or on I've done you know I've done in my experience uh, a napkin sort of uh diagram of how I would solve a problem or you know in front of a group in person, you know, you've of course got the whiteboard or you can even get your computer. I've had that where you have your computer there and you are doing a solution right in front of them. And that can be nerve wracking. So the point of all that is they're trying to see your knowledge and they can't see it before they go into all those things. And so there's a point where HR recruiters, um, the CEO of a startup, they're going to evaluate your resume and try to judge and make a smart decision. Is this person worth getting to the next level, which is an interview? And so on a resume, this is where we have to show our knowledge. You know, so people will put a lot of information in the resume and really get it stacked. So the resume ends up looking like, uh, basically, we're bragging about what we know. That is the, the way that most people head into applying for jobs, is they'll get their resume stacked with a bunch of information to show what they know. Now today, I want to go a little bit into how to get the resume um, to a point where people see your knowledge or they can trust that you know something th that they need you to know for the position 
so that they can take a risk that's calculated and going to be a financial and a time risk. That They can take a risk and get you into an interview because that's what it's all about. Now, it, let's say you wanted to start a company, okay? Ideally, you would look for employees and you'd want to look at every single employee out there possible because there might be someone who has some skills that we want in this company but we can't see it on the resume because you know frankly a lot of people in the tech world just aren't good at creating resumes so we want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt so what we'll do is we'll just take a year and try to interview as many people as possible so that we can make sure we don't overlook candidates that might be good for us but their resume is bad and then not uh, overlook or blow by the candidates whose resumes look great but they're not going to be a good fit for the company now why why doesn't that happen well that's just because we don't have in this company you don't have unlimited resources and unlimited time so the resume is all about helping employers and recruiters save time so that they can get the right people which it should be you we think maybe it's not you <laughs> but it should be you into an interview process and so that they can start dwindling down the number of applicants you uh you need to get your resume to be something that shows that you have knowledge now the best way think of in your mind think of how you know a plumber has knowledge to solve something do you if you if you need a plumber or a drain cleaner we need drain cleaners a lot um what you're going to do is you're going to ask someone else if they had a good experience with any plumbers or drain pros and if they did you might consider that person or that company you're going to go online you're going to go Onto, um, uh, you're going to go to Angie's list. You're going to figure out, oh, which plumbers or drain pros have been good and have good ratings, and go from there. Now, all of those, uh, those mental, logical decision-making processes, they all come from an assumption, and that is that people and professionals who have done something well in the past will do it in the future. Rarely would we look for someone just who's the first person that comes to mind uh, uh, or the first person that we see on the internet or the first person that drives by our house. You know, you've seen plumbers drive by the house. Even those, though, um, you're not going to remember those unless you know, it's memorable or unless something else triggered in your mind that it was a good experience that someone else had. I guess the ultimate thing is we make judgments based on what the world around us says about people. And so let's get down to the, let's wrap up the plumber example. If you are, if you have a pipe that's leaking in your house, how ridiculous would it be for you to just go outside, wait for a plumber to drive by and wave him down and come in and fix the problem? 
that's that's ultimately ridiculous, um, assuming that the plumber would even have time to do that. But it's completely ridiculous. And that, but that's exactly how so many people I've seen get their resumes ready and then submit to job requisitions. And they expect that because they submitted their resume, they're going to get looked at and they're going to get an interview. Now, you might say, well, nobody expects to get an interview. Well, um, you know, most people expect to get an interview after 10 applications or 20 or 100. Or like I saw on one board, someone who submitted thousands, quote, thousands, end quote, of resumes and job applications. <laughs> they They are expecting to get someone. But just because you have a poor product that someone doesn't want doesn't mean that if you if you advertise that poor product to a thousand people that one of them's going to bite no it probably means that nobody even in a million is going to bite on it so we're assuming that this is a numbers game and that's it but it's not people want to hire people that they know they can trust, they only want to get them to an interview if they know they can trust that what's on the resume is going to bring them what they need. So, what this all boils down to is knowledge is not value. Okay? Knowledge is not value. When someone's looking to hire you into their company, they may want your knowledge, but they only want it in terms of and in the scope of providing value to their end clients or internal clients or whatever that you're going to get hired for. If you're data analytics, they want to know that you can provide reports for stakeholders so that product owners can make decisions, etc. If you're making apps, you know, they want to know that the customers We'll have an app that they can trust and that's not going to break and and so forth. So, knowledge is not value. And I would present to you that you need to have on your resume value. What value have you brought to companies, organizations? And if you haven't brought value, then you're not going to stand out at all. Now, the beautiful part about this is that you can get value and you can get you can demonstrate value by going and giving value to others and then showing on your resume that you've provided value you uh created something and someone used what you created and there was a good experience you can put that on your resume and that is how people know that you have knowledge when i read that someone has done something for someone else and that someone else got value, was happy with it, then clearly you have the knowledge on how to bring the value, which usually means you have knowledge about certain data stacks, certain application stacks, certain APIs, and, and so forth. When you put on your resume just that you have in your wheelhouse, all of these different applications or languages that you program in, 
what you're doing is you're showing them something that the HR or uh, recruiters cannot trust, and they won't trust it. So I would suggest to you that you have to go out and provide value and then put that on your resume, whether that's projects, whether that's uh, you are doing work for someone for free or paid. And so these projects are very, very important. Now, if you can't think of projects to do, then you have to think of some other way to show and give value to others. When I was trying to get a certificate, um, it was an AWS certificate. I won't go into which one, but it was one of the most difficult ones that I think that they offer. It took me a long time to get this. So I was going for the knowledge. And um, in my work situation, it seemed like I needed to get this in order to level up. So I um, studied, took a test, failed the test. Studied, took a test, failed the test. Studied again. And this time I started changing my study habits. I would block off time to study this and take the, you know, um, fake exams, the prep exams, mock exams. And I would block off time, usually two to three hours, to do this studying and take notes. And then I went in and took the exam, and I failed again. And each time I failed, I failed four times. Each time I failed, I failed in different areas. And then by the fourth time, when I went in there, I realized that I was failing the areas of the test in which the first two times I took the test, I passed those two areas. So I was getting worse in some areas and better in others. And then almost like a seesaw, I couldn't quite get all areas of expertise or knowledge up to par. And then finally, I blocked off time. I went to a local grocery store where we have, uh, like, uh, it's Hy-Vee. And I went into Hy-Vee and they had an area where you could, be, this was, uh, oh, I think it was in the middle of COVID. And they had some areas where you could still sit and eat at a restaurant in Hy-Vee, a, a grocery store. And they had all these different kinds of food. So I think I got Chinese food and sat down and did my studies. And I blocked off a lot of time. And then I passed this really difficult test. It was difficult for me. And so, as you can tell, I don't succeed the first time. And if you need to go and block off time, go block it off. You can take 20 minutes per day and work on it in that way. You can take two hours and work on it, you know, every three days and work on your studies. And you can take, like I did in the end, you know, three, four, five hours in a row where you have no distractions from the family and you've been given a small budget to at least eat or get a snack or drink while you work on your studies. And if you have to do that, you're going to have to do that. Now, all that goes to say that studying is very important. Now, the tough part is, after I took that test, did I get experience in that area? And I really didn't, and I really haven't. So, um, what, what you have to do is get experience and get project done. 
And the way to do that is, of course, to get a client or a friend or a buddy or someone that you know who needs some work that you can do for them. And when you do that work, you can show on your resume that you've provided value in that certain area. The other thing that's going to happen, the most efficient way to study is to have a project because when you have a project, you start to realize you don't know certain aspects of um, an industry or of a stack or of a language. You just don't know what you don't know until you are under the gun to get something done. So that was the time when I learned the most. And I think my clients have learned the most when they've had something to get done and they're under the gun, they have a timeline, they've sold the product to someone and they have to fulfill the order and get it done. Then that's when you really study because that's when you look up the things you don't know and you have to get that and go to the next thing. Once you find that out and build that little piece, you run into a problem and all of a sudden you're going to have to look up and research how to fix this other area. And what you're going to find is that this is just like when you have a job. So in a tech job, you're not going to be using all of your knowledge all the time. You're going to be using a little of it most of the time. And then the rest of your time on your job, you're probably going to be in real-world scenarios where you're, you've got curveballs and wrenches thrown in and you cannot figure things out without more research. So this is why, even more so, having a project on your resume, multiple projects and clients, is going to be extremely important to show that you can fight through problems and still bring value to the end user. So if you're struggling to figure out how to study, if you're struggling how to figure out how to get projects and get those done, I encourage you to check out the links in the in the bio for this podcast in the show notes, and we'll see what we can do to uh, get you a little bit of help in that. So I want to encourage you, don't fill up your resume with knowledge. Fill it up with knowledge that has been put into practice, which is projects. And this is going to get your resume above the others. All those others who just want to brag about their knowledge. Thanks for listening. Now that you've listened to this episode, you've thought about your knowledge versus value and how to get value. You know, I hope that you are putting into place a plan so that you can get some projects and get them on your resume. That's a tough thing to do. But I encourage you to look around and just think who needs help that you could provide to them so that in the end, you can put it on your resume. If you want help, you can reach out to me at info at techlead.com. That's info at T-E-K-L-E-E-D.com. And I will see what I can do to send you resources to help you out. I will have a group I'll send you and I'll send you some other things that you can look at for free, and it's all free. Further, if you want to be on this podcast and get some coaching live, it'll be recorded, but get it live. You can remain anonymous if you don't want your name out there because you don't want to lose your current job. 
Well, getting on this podcast might give you a little bit of an opportunity to not only get help, but also to test your interviewing skills, to see what you really know. It won't be a technical interview at all, but you can kind of see how you'll perform in a situation. If you want to do that, and even, you know, it will share with the world what who you are and what you can do for others. If you want to do that, then just tell me in the email. Info at T-E-K-L-E-E-D dot com. Thank you for listening, and maybe I'll hear from you.